So next Thursday, yeah, next the following Thursday, not. You ready? I am, yeah. You? And also, you'll send it there, right? Huh? Go. Cool. It's live, it's live. Okay, good morning. So, in the continuation of the Arsaydirish uh course, we can call it that. After covering all the higher levels before Atsilis, all the way lifting at Simtsum, discussed Atsilis, different aspects of it. And last week I uh, concluded talking about the spheres in general, the spheres. And so we so the next step, of course, is to go into the actual spheres themselves. What are they? And just as I was doing with the Elimus and all these levels, explaining not just what, it, what a, a summary of what Chassidus says about it, but also why is it Nigeya? Now, nothing is especially not say the Shtalshlis. So everything has a purpose. If there's a level, that means it's Nigeya to the big plan. And as I've been explaining, it's again two levels. First, for us to understand, Abishta wants us to understand as much as possible the process of how he creates. He doesn't want it to be just Kabbalah sale. It's part of Da'asa Lekeavicha and Vyadaitayim. Yediyah, like Alter Rebbe says in the Geras Sakedis, Yediyah Seishtalshlus is a mitzvah Ramah Vigdela Ma'id. To understand the way the Abishta put things into place, it's part of the mitzvah of understanding the Abishta himself. And the second aspect of it that is also giving us the tools and Avedis Hashem to use these madregas to climb, so to speak, the ladder in our being misachet, our, our uniting ourselves, miskasher, the dovkabai is baruch, to connect to the Ebesh. And it's really habahatalia because by the Ebesh creating so-called these stepping stones of how he created existence from the highest levels all the way from the highest he's also giving us the tools to retrace the steps and climb from the lowest back up literally to the highest levels and in simple terms when you say or you say and this is halacha words these are words from the Teda and halacha is not just in Nigla not just in Chsidis it means to be medam ourselves, like mahu chanun af atachan and mahu racham af atarachum, that we're being medabik, um, we're being connecting ourselves to the midas of the Ebishter by emulating these midas. So the chashem agdula hagvura tiferes vanetzach vahed. So we are emulating when we do chesed. We're cop- we're essentially emulating and copying and mirroring the Ebishter's chesed. The same thing with Gvura, same thing with Av and Yira, same thing with Teferis, same thing obviously with Chabad when we learn Teres, Kola Kedar with Teres, Kodesh Barcha Kedar with Shane Konegde. So there's the connection that we make through all these levels in the Shtalshlis, both in the Elamis and the Sphiris. So as I said, I'll be explaining not just what the, what the Dargit entails, but also 
Why is it negated to the picture of Ahdus Hashem and also negated to Aravedus Hashem? So with that, I began briefly, but I'll just start from, from the beginning again. So we talk about the spheres. Spheres, there we know Eser, Velei Echad Eser, Eser Velei Tesha. There's 10, not 11, not 9. So last week I explained what about Keser. How do you deal with Keser? Seems to be an 11th sphere. Spheres are Keser. So that we covered that Keser and, and Das are interchangeable, so you always have 10. Either one is counted or one is not counted based on primis or chitzenius or sfiris. <coughs> das and, uh, is counted when it's primis and arich. Chitzenius or kesser is counted when it's chitzenius. Atik, therefore, is never counted. So, I mean, chitzenius still has the, the struggles understanding what that means exactly, but I don't want to go into the details of that so much, not so negated. So from there, we move from kesser to chachm. So basically, this, uh, this share is going to be about Kesser and Chochmah. And remember, besides the fact that each sphere, has a, each sphere has its own personality and its own identity, its own Seer, Kema, it also has a relationship with other spheres. In other words, every sphere comes from the one before it. Chochmah comes from Kesser, and Bina will come from Chochmah, and so on. Das, and the same with uh, the spheres afterwards. So we have to understand not just the sphere, also its relationship. Especially when it comes to Kesson and Chochmah, that is critical. You'll see in Chassidus, it's always connecting the two. Even though there's definitely my mom that talk about Chochmah without mentioning Kesson. But whenever you hear about Chochmah, where Chochmah comes from, always refer to Chochmah, the Ayin. So even though the Pesach simply means Chochmah for Vant Kum Chochmah, but the Chassidus types it not as a question, but as a statement. Chochmah comes from Ayin. It's Timotze, it's Metzius. It's a Nimtze from Ayin, which is the level of Keser. In other words, Chochmah, Gabi Keser, is like Yesh, Gabi Ayin, Fierach. So let's, let's explain what this means. So thank God, as I said, Chassidus Chabad is Mepsari Erzel Leka. means we are from our flesh, from our very Kechus HaNefesh, and from even our very bodies, we can understand godliness. And that's what the Alter Rebbe did. He gave Mishalim Gashmim physical examples from this world, especially from a human being who was created by Tzalem Alekim. So the Pasuk is giving us directly Tzalem Alekim. You want to have a good understanding of Alekim, of the Tzalem of Alekim, which means how Alekus is mislabish in Tzalem and Mus. Not Alekus Mitzaratzme, the way it's mislabish in the Esos we call Odom Elyon. So we look at the Tzalem, the, the Odom, which is created by Tzalem Alekim. So where do we see Kesson and Chochmah in our life? So Chochmah, as Chassidus explains, starting from Tanya right in the beginning, Gimel, which says Chochmah is the Nekuda of Borak HaMavrik, it's the first flash of an idea. Everyone knows that when you start, when the process, the cognitive process of any thinking, of any concept, always begins not with a big arichas, an idea. It's a flash. As a matter of fact, there are researchers today that tell you that we have thousands of such flashes every minute, but we don't remember them. It's the only ones that we remember are the ones that become an idea that it develops. So we can have these flashes all the time, and they're so quick and they're so fleeting that they just disappear, just like any like a spark. And the question whether, whether it's like a thousands or whatever the number is, but it's, it takes total sense. And uh, another thing, sometimes you have ideas, you don't even remember the idea. Sometimes you think of something, say, I had an idea, and then you forget it. Why? Because the yisod of Chochmah is that it's just a spark. 
and um, and it's literally compared to both. Uh, you'll see even in examples they use a flash, a light bulb, a flash. I had a flash of an idea. So what's the what does that mean exactly? So if you think about it, a spark literally means it comes from somewhere. If you see a spark, it means somewhere there's a fire, and the fire is shooting off sparks. Even if you don't see the fire, you only see the spark. You know it's coming from somewhere, and that's exactly how it works with chokhmah. So we'll call chachma the first step of conscious cognitive, um, of the cognitive. It's the first step of consciousness where we're aware of an idea. But that's not necessarily the beginning of where seichel starts from. So the question is, where did this spark come from? And this is the answer that it comes from ayin. It comes from a place we don't know. We can't identify it. We just know it came from somewhere. And the language of my modem, it came from somewhere. But where it came from, we can't identify even in today's secular psychology, it's is common, this is a fact. Everyone, they either call it collective unconscious or the subconscious. You know, I like to use the word superconscious because sub, and it sounds like below, like a sub, like a basement. Superconscious is above conscious. So basically, it would look, would look like this, if we can give a muscle, just a muscle is my own example. Um, if you see, let's say, uh, water dripping from a faucet, right? In your kitchen or in your sink, you turn on the water, the water comes down as a small flow. We all know that flow is not where it begins. It's not like there's water in the faucet. The faucet is just a receptacle, it's just a channel that is, um, that is uh, guiding the water that's coming from the pipes beneath the sink, which if you follow those pipes will lead you to main pipes in your house, which will lead you all the way to the main pipe, the main line, in the middle of the street, the main water line that connects what? These are arteries that connect all the way to, to ultimately to reservoirs that can be hundreds of miles away. Most of the water, for example, in New York, comes from reservoirs upstate New York that travel literally hundreds of miles. These are reservoirs that are like major, more than pools, they're like major lakes, man-made uh, pools that collect water, water from the rain, melting snow and so on. And then they mix it with uh, chlorine and other things to purify it. And that water runs through big arteries. And that water is what feeds New York City. Same thing is in other places. In our case in New York, New York is a place where there's water, natural water. In places like California or Arizona where there's desert, there's a, a big chiddush to get water there because there's no natural water. It doesn't rain most of the year. So there they have to figure out all kinds of methods how they do it. But the point, that, the point that I want to make is that when you see a drop of water coming from a faucet, it's connected to an artery that you don't see, that all the way back to a reservoir, that ultimately is the place where it's all there. So literally, you could say the same thing with ideas. Where do ideas come from? An idea that flows into your mind, the first spark of an idea, didn't come from nowhere. It comes from a place where the language of chassidus is k'yach ha-maskil. In the language of Kabbalah, it's called chachmistimah. And that's the level of Arich, or the level of Atik as well, also has Chachma. Chachmistimah, we'll talk about it more later, the two levels of Chachmistimah and Atik and Arich. But bottom line is, what's Chachmistimah? is the hidden Chachma. Chachma, the Atzillus that we know of is Chachma Gluya. That's the contrast. One is hidden, one is revealed. The only thing is, the big key difference is, with the Moshal that I gave, is that's not Daimel and Nimshal, is the muscle, the water in the reservoir is exactly the same water in the sink. It's just a small flow. It's only a change in kamus. 
in quantity. There's no change in quality. Whereas with Kesem, Chochmes Temor, even if you're able to trace the idea, you're not going to find a reservoir of ideas. In other words, even if you're able to take an x-ray of the brain or figure out how the, where ideas come from, you're not going to find a place where there are billions of ideas and one of them trickles down into the faucet called Chochm. So that's a big difference. That's an Echuzdik difference as well. I'm going to, I'll, I'll discuss that now more at length, what that means. But first, just establishing that, that Seichel, so Seichel, based on this principle, is actually turns around in a way that is quite, uh, uh, quite fascinating. Because most people think intelligence is a powerful thing, and when you are, you're a smart person, you're a Chochem, you have Chochmen and Bina and Das and so on, you have it all figured out. Come from this, basically, it comes opposite. Actually, Chochm is only one little nekudah of real seichel. So in other words, real seichel is really where all the ideas are. The fact that we get one idea is only one tipa uh, biyam. That's exactly the word used, tipa biyam. It's like one drop in an ocean. So actually, real seichel, we don't even have access to real seichel. To put it in different words, and um, I'll use a little psychological terminology, they talk about, for example, God forbid a person suffers, let's say, trauma or a shock or a death, or something that shakes up the whole system. Now, when a person is in a state like that, they are very difficult for, you can, it's very difficult for the person to function. So the fact of the matter is, so there's this time of shlesha and shiva and shleshin, and then there's after you, it says, a person starts forgetting. But imagine if a person didn't forget terrible event, they would never be able to function. So the brain has what's called in, this, in, this, in neurology chemicals. The, the brain has a way of compartmentalizing. This is essentially figuring out that when a person experiences something, after a while it becomes like stored in the mind, and you could always remember that it happened, you could retrieve it, but it doesn't have quite the intensity as it was then. When people who suffer from uh, paranoia or depression, ongoing, and they can't forget terrible things, no matter how much time passes, is because their chemicals are not working properly. In other words, think of the faucet example. Imagine a faucet was broken, and the water keeps running all the time. and You can't, you can't control it. You can't regulate it. It'll flood. So basically, the idea of consciousness, which starts with Chachmah, Besides that it brings a trickle, it's also controlling that you just shouldn't have a flow of, end, of endless ideas. As a matter of fact, there's a statement, you're going to have to climb under. There's actually a statement where, um, uh, where they say that there's a very thin line between genius and madness. That some people who are geniuses, they're just one step away from being mad, from being from losing it. And why is that the case? Cheder, genius, and madness are two extremes. Because a genius is essentially a person whose channels are broader, open board, from Chachmes or from Koyach the channels are wider and broader. And therefore, <laughs> you're a very noisy guy. <clears throat> um... The channels are wider and broader, and therefore more ideas flow. Essentially, basically, their conscious mind is more connected to the superconscious. That's what a ilu is. If you want to like technically define a ilu, 
I know we don't usually technically define them, but that's what's going on. The channels are wider. But what happens if the channels get a little too wide? Then the ideas come flowing, and a person can't even control themselves. That's why you, top, you sometimes talk to see an Ilui, a prodigy, a genius, that speaks and speaks, and nobody can understand what they're saying. They don't know how to control themselves. They have no kaya bola. Because what's happening is the ideas are flowing. Even the Rebbe, we talk about the, it was the, the Magid or the Mitla Rebbe, they say, Shah, 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 still. That when the Nevi Samechim was so heavy, he would have to say, Shah, quiet down the mind. Because when the open channel between the superconscious and the conscious, or we're calling Chach Mistemar, Kayach Hamaskil, which is just another word for Chach Mistemar, even though there are differences, but Bechlos, it's the power of where Seichel comes from. And Chachma, the actual idea, the channel is, is, if it's open too much, we would go mad. There's no way. Just think for a moment. Imagine an idea started flowing in your mind right now without stopping. You couldn't stop it. You'd go crazy from it. It would just be too much. It would make you crazy, and then definitely uh, anyone around you. So it's interesting, therefore, that insanity actually is closer to reality than sanity. Because if you go into that Keich HaMaskil, there, there's un, 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 unlimited ideas. So actually, bleak vul is more natural and more real than gvul. But we can never exist in a world of bleak vul. Because bleak vul would be too much for us. So essentially, the, tra- the journey from Kesel to Chochm is really like a journey, I don't want to call it bleak vul mamish, because it's not bleak vul kip, mamish kipshute, but lefi erech, the one idea of Chochm the collective ideas, the many ideas of Kayach HaMaskilok or Chach Mistemah, what we're calling the superconscious, is like bleak vul. And, and if we flow without, regula- without regulator, without a regulator, which in neurology is called chemicals, it would not be, we would not be able to function. On the other hand, if, the, if it's too much but symptom, think of a faucet that's broken the other way around, that no water is coming out, or it's just a very narrow trickle. That's also not good enough. That would be a person whose ideas come slowly and not that easy, and the mind is somewhat blocked. There's a block going on between Kesar and Chachma. So the key, really, is to have a balance between the two. That it's, it's wide enough that the channel is open that Kesar feeds into Chachma, but it's not too wide to drive us crazy. On the other hand, it's not too narrow, so you have at least ideas flowing. And the difference between, really, between intelligence I'm talking about a Chochman. I'm not talking about Bina and Das now, a, a Maven or a Vardas. I'm talking about purely people who come up with ideas, geniuses that are come up with unbelievable ideas. And you say, where did they get this idea from? Why did Einstein come up with this idea and someone else didn't? Or, or the Ragachover had certain ideas, or other Iluim and Ga'inim have certain innovations, and you hear them, and you say, wow, that's amazing. What did they have that others didn't have? We say, yes, but they had a better mind. True, that's true. The mind is able to bless them with a better mind. But, it, but even more so, more practically or more technically, you can say, is that the channel between that bligvul, so-called source of seichel, keich maskil, and the seichel is, is more is wider and op- more open. Is it possible that the keich maskil is also on a higher level? You could say that too. Just like you have some people who are born stronger, physically stronger, other people born weaker. You could also have people who have stronger minds and weaker minds. But don't underestimate that it could also be as a result of the channel, which explains that a Chagav, even though it's Negea somewhat, why you see the concept of Yegei to Metzosi. In Samach Vov especially, explains that through Yegea, a, a lesser mind can come to a deeper understanding than without Yegea. And you see this all the time. You see people, 
I remember my, our class, and I remember, you know, you see it all the time. People have very good minds. They cap their grasp and they take for something very quickly. But they're lazy minds, and they don't hurt of it. So they will grasp faster than another student, but they won't have it so gruntik. They'll make mistakes because they didn't, they didn't hurt of it with it. You see another person who may not have such a powerful brain, brain power, so to speak. You know, the firepower is not there, but there's yagiyah. And the yagiyah of that person by effort, the effort and working hard, what does the chassidah say? It opens up the channel. That's what yagiyah does. As a matter of fact, in the early Maimonim there, he talks about the difference between the, the helam, you learn this, uh, that Maimon. There was thing with Yigiyah, not Yigiyah. So he explain, gives the example of the Tzur HaChalomish compared to the Shalhevis Kshur Begachelis. Tzur HaChalomish is a flintstone. So Tzur HaChalomish, it means it's a stone that has in it the power to give off fire, but you have to strike it. A flintstone is a regular stone. You can't see, you can't see any sparks in it. But when you hit it hard, either against another stone or whatever, Sparks can come out of it. On the other hand, a shalevis uh, a, a, a white coal, a hot white coal. So when you look at it, it may not look like it's burning. But if you fan it, you see there's fire. And if you put it in water, it'll be extinguished. The stone, you can put in water and it does not diminish its power to give off sparks. So, so the Rebbe Rashab explains, because one is a hell of shiyesh in the white coal, it's a helen. The, the fire is behelen, but it's a metzius. It's just, we don't see it. So that you fan. It doesn't take a lot of effort. And you take, and the fire emerges. The surah chalamis is only through yagiyah. When you strike it, then sparks fly. And that is the example that the yagiyah reaches deeper into the koyach hamaskil, and is able to draw more seichel than someone without yagiyah. So the smart person, by beteva, beteldose, is smarter with purely the brain, but the yagiyah opens up the channels between kesen and chachna. Now, of course, a natural smart person with yagiyah, of course, is going to have both miles, obviously. But I was just using it as comparative purposes. So that explains, at least Bikitsa, what is the role of, of how kesen and chachna work in the world of Seichel. Now, another point that's critical to mention here, and then I'm going to go and discuss it more in the uh, context of Elakus, because what we're talking now is more like Keiches HaNefesh, Seichel, where Seichel comes from. But remember, Kesar Chachmar, also Sfiris Kedeshes, they're the Ebrus to Sfiris. So they're also, they express different levels of Elakus. So I'll talk about that, because I wanted to go Mepsari Erza Leka, first understand how it makes sense to us. Because now we have a perfect example. You could think about how your ideas flow into your mind. It's flowing from the keser in your nefesh. That's exactly how seichel works. Now, from Chochmet Tabina, we'll discuss next. We're not discussing how from that Nekudah then becomes a spashless Tabina. So we're still discussing Chochmet and Keser. The second most important thing to remember here is this. This, when you understand seichel like this, besides what I said before, point number one, that that the truth is that the smartest person is only a tipa minayam from the real koyach hamaskil, where his real seichel is. So even as, as, as wise as a person's chachna may be, it's only one drop compared to that koyach hamaskil. So that alone is a union of bittel, 
when you realize that smart as you are, you're just one drop. There's another thing that's important here. And this is a, a very important point, especially nowadays, especially in the last few centuries. You know, Seichel has become for many almost like God. People worship Seichel. To the point that when the enlightenment, the masculine and the general enlightenment that came, they said, once you have science, you don't need God. Once we can understand and explain things, that's all we need. With body Seichel, what do we need to have a Muna and so on? And they have all kinds of explanations in that. Everything can be explained. Um, the, the thing is like this. When we look at Seichel, we think Seichel, most people think Seichel is the most superior quality that a human being can have. Why? Because, because human beings are much weaker than animals. But with our Seichel, we're able to huyimshel. We're able to be meishel b'chol and she'elet b'chol elam kuleh. Like it says in Chumash. Why? Because of our seichel. So our ingenuity is able to subdue even animals that are far more powerful than we are. We're also able to harness energy, able to travel to outer space. So when you look at seichel, what seichel has accomplished, you could, it could be a big nesayin that a person should think, look, look how powerful, look what we've done. Look at what medicine, accomplishments in medicine, and technology, and other science, that changed the world. And no one's arguing that that's not the case. We have done that. We've changed the life. You know, life expectancy today is double what it was 100 years ago. People lived in their 40s in the in 1920s, the average. And today they live in their 80s. So there's a real shinui in the elam that came from human intelligence and human uh, inquiry and human research, etc., yeah. etc. Et However, here's the key nekudah here. Based on that... Seichel seems to be the most superior quality we have. But here's the, the, what Chassidus explains. Seichel is sachakol, another gili of elikus. It has no power of its own. Abishta wanted us to have Seichel. So he gave us a part of his Seichel, and that's where it comes from. The true nature of Seichel is not to understand things, but, and this is the key, but to recognize the MS of something. The difference between the two statements I just said, one does not need bittel. To understand things, you don't need bittel necessarily. You can have a yesh gomut mamish that understands things well. Adarab, the more he understands, the more of a yesh he is. He needs bittel because by nature, chachme is bittel because you need to put yourself and your interests aside to understand the idea, not to be sheikhid yavarene chachamim and bias. So, so Seichel by nature requires putting aside all your, your, your taivas or other things to be able to understand an idea. But etzem, you can have Seichel and be a yesh gomer. On the contrary, some people, the biggest yesh are people with the, the smartest people and they feel that they are the superior. Mm-hmm. However, what Chassidus explains, and I'll soon explain in Kesel the language, is that Seichel is really a tool that the Ebershter gave us to recognize emes that's greater than we are. In other words, to put it in simple English, if we were just balimidis, like animals, so even though it says animals also have the das anikna or seichla anikna, which means you see animals have certain intelligence, they're smart in how they hunt, they have strategy, they know how to catch their prey, so they're not purely midas, but they're, but they're driven by midas. An animal that is hungry, you can't reason with an animal that's hungry, because their whole union is, uh, like it says about the kolov, like a, a, a kelev, a dog, kulelev. It's all emotion. However, the Abish also gave them seichel to figure out how to satisfy their emotions. If we were purely balimidis, 
If we were purely midas, we would not have the ability to control. If you're hungry, you're hungry. If you're thirsty, you're thirsty. There's no union of, you can't expect, for example, a lion to fast a Yom Kippur. Because a lion can't fast a whole day. It's impossible. A human being has the power, even though you're hungry, to say, I'm not going to feed my hunger right now. Or the same thing, you could feel that like you want to get angry, or other emotions. If we were pure emotions, everything would be driven, as the Alter Rebbe says in Patek Tess, by the Lev, which is an impulsive heart. Impulses would drive our lives. And Seichel would be used to f- satisfy your impulses. The fact that we have independent intelligence means that we can understand something objectively. You, you may have something I want, and I'm not just going to grab it. You can, we can reason with each other. Now, you could say most human beings don't necessarily reason. If they want something, it's aniva uh, afsiyeh. It's true, because they're giving in to their midas. But that doesn't mean they cannot. A human being is capable of using their seichel. So seichel really introduces, we'll call it objectivity. An objective truth that is beyond ourselves. So when we say, for example, the Friedrich Rebbe has an expression, an animal never saw the sky. Because animals walk on all four, and their eyes face down to the ground. I know whenever I say this, people start telling me, what about a giraffe or, a, or an ape? They woke up right sometimes. But even they also look down. They just have a long neck, a giraffe. What means they look down? It means they don't look into heaven. There's no concept to look and be curious about what's going on above them. Why? Because they don't need to. Their physiological nature, meaning their physical nature, is aligned with their personality, which is to survive to breed and have children, to hunt and feed, and to bring up the next generation. That's what a cow does all day. That's why you see animals don't look to improve their lives. They don't look for better uh, automobiles or better cell phones or in general technology. Why? Because that's not their role. By human being, we walk upright. It's not just physical. It's because spiritually, the neshama is neir Hashem nishma sodom. Like a neir, it looks upward. We look, we are curious. This is due to the mind going beyond your own self-interest, which is why human beings can go beyond their subjectivity, their negias. So even though Adam Karavets Latzme and there's Avesatzme and all that comes in the but we have the capacity to rise above it. Yes, it takes work, but we have the capacity. An animal doesn't even have Bechelis to do that. Because we have seichel. So seichel is more than just understanding things. Seichel is understanding an emes that's greater than you. That even though it may not be in your interest, your seichel can tell you there's an Eberster in the world and you should be mushubit to the Eberster. If you went purely by midas, you'd say, I, I want to do what I want. I, I want to do what I want. Call the Adam whatever, call the Alam Gvar. Everybody wants to do whatever they want. But your seichel tells you, one second, there's a truth and a reality greater than me. So the nature, therefore, so when you think of now Chochmah and Keser, that Chochmah is coming from Keser, it tells you exactly that point. That Seichel is not an Iyin La'atzmi. The very concept of consciousness is coming from a reality that's greater than us, that's Ayin, which we can't see, but we know it's coming from there. So it's telling us that really, the whole point of Seichel is to understand an MS that's greater than we are. In other words, if we didn't have Seichel, we could never connect to the Eibishter beyond our needs. The only way we'd be able to connect is like animals connect. They also say shida. They could th- we could thank the Ebishter for giving us food, hazana sakel, for giving us life, for giving us health, for giving us a family. 
But could you connect to the Abishad beyond your needs? No. Because you have nothing to, to, to work with. Everything is about you. The fact that we have Seichel allows us to understand the Abishad on the Abishad's terms. And that's why, and this is a key thing, that if you look in Tanya now, in the Haggah, it's the only place where the, Rebbe, where the Alter Rebbe quotes the Magid. He says, Shemaiti Mimeri. I'll talk about that in a moment. Shemaiti Mimeri. That Chachma is the level that's Margish. Chachma is Margish. What? That the Eberstah alone, the Enzulase, and nothing else. But Chachma is Seichel. Is Bina not Margish that? No. Because Chachma, because of its Bittel, and because that's why it's only a spark. It's not yet I understand something. Chachma is receiving Seichel from a place called Kei Hamasko or Chachmis So it's a Muhuse, it's bottled because it senses all the time that Hulavadev Enzulase. He doesn't say that Chachma is, is just Seichel is just smart. It's understanding a higher emes, a higher emes. I remember hearing from Shemashpiyim saying the difference between Chachma and Bina, which we'll talk about more when we talk about Bina, that, uh, that in Bina, the person says, Ich versteh, I understand. And Chachma says that Inyan is verstandig. The Inyan is understood. In other words, where, in Bina, the focus is, I understand. There's a person. And in Chachma, the Inyan is verstandig. Another way. Or another way of putting it, the bina, the mensch versteht the in, the mensch nem the inyan, and chachme, the inyan nem the mensch. See the difference? In bina, I am integrating the idea, which is necessary in step two. And chachme, the idea is integrating me. It's more important. When you're learning teda, it's not just I understand what it says, it's the teda is including me into its reality. So essentially, keser is the emes of elokus, and that is allowing itself to translate into a very limited way, because it's only a nekudas ha-chochmeh, and that is why chochmeh is called, is, is, uh, that's why chochmeh is hulavad devein Which also explains what you always hear about chochmeh having two levels in it. Chochmeh is made up of the two words, koyach ma. The Shachsidus explains koyach of chochmeh is the koyach ha-chochmeh, the seichel of it, and ma is the bitl of it. So there is going to be parts in Chochmah, because remember, Chochmah has to carry this emes of Ma and Ayin Timotza into Bina and into lower spheres. Because Chochmah, as we shall discuss, also is the Reishis Kola Spheres. But, so basically, you can look at Chochmah as two sides to Chochmah. Think of Chochmah as like a Talmud, Lefnei HaRav, Lefnei Kesa, so Chochmah is being Mechabal from Kesa, then it's Ma. That's, that's why it has to have that element of Bittal. When Chochmah is turning to its Talmud, so the, the Talmud now is becoming a raft to lower levels, Chochma Bina, which is essentially the idea of teaching Bina, Chakim Bebina, as the expression goes. So then you have the idea where Chochma is, is being nimshel downward. But we're still focusing now Chochma as it looks up to Kesa. If, just, just to add a little, if you learned the Naim Beis in um, Chilek Aleph in the early volumes, I don't know where it is now. <clears throat> So he talks about Chochmah is uh, Aleph. Aleph refers to Chochmah because the first of the spheres. But he says Aleph is also Asi's Pella. And he brings from a Zayar where he says that there's two days. Is Aleph Chochmah, Pella is, is Keser. Pella is Keser and Chochmah is Aleph. So one day in Zayar says that Aleph is Asi's Pella. That means it's a Kali for Pella. 
Like we're speaking here, Seichel being a caliph for the Elokus of the wonder of Elokus, the grandeur you can say of Elokus, that's Lamaila Meseichel. But there's a second day in Zoya that says that Pella and Aleph, Aleph is Pella. It's exactly the same thing. Where it explains that Chochmah becomes one with Keser. So you just see from this, another place in Chesed is that there's a lot of discussion of how Chochmah and Keser meet. Because at the end of the day, going now into line of Kamina and Aveda and so on, and Nelikus, basically Chochmah and Keser are the interface between existence and higher than existence. Because Chochmah is the first place we're conscious of something. The human being is conscious. Keser is higher than our consciousness. But it's, complete, it's not completely higher. Because Keser is still a state. It's Chochmah Stimah or Kechamaskil. So many ways, these two dargas are critical. Because when you're talking about interfacing, a mamutza, between a Lekus and Velt, you could say, or in microcosm, that's Chochmah Bina. Chochmah representing the beginning of Ishtalshlus. <laughs> And Kesser representing the the Tachtenish which is higher than Ishtalsus. Even though in Kesser itself there's two Dargis, but um, I'm not going to discuss that right now. We'll talk about that more after I finish this uh, sugya here with Chachma. So Koyach Ma is the two aspects of Chachma. One is the Bitl of Chachma, Ma, and Koyach is the Seichel Sheba Chachma. So what do we come away from this? That Seichel is really just a tool for us to experience the emes of elikus. Getting beyond our subjectivity and our self-interest and experiencing something beyond ourselves. Without Chochmah, we would not be able to do that. Now, if you only had Kesser and you just jump straight to Bina, you'd be missing our experience here. We want in our Seichel, in our experience, we want to have an element of Bittl. Not just that there's Bittl, Mael, Mishtalshus. Having Kesser without Chochmah would be like saying having a Muna without Seichel. So it has a big Maila. But you want the Muna to also be Nimshach in the Seichel. So the Pella of Kesser enters now so-called the Muna of Kesser or that which is higher than Seichel or at least higher than Seichel Golei, Gluya, Seichel Golei, Chochmah Gluya enters now into the world of Chochmah and then from there it will be Nimshach already into um, the other spheres, which we'll talk about. This also explains why in the Asis of Shema Vaya, what Asis Chachma? Yud. Yud Kevavke, so the Yud is Chachma, the He is, the He Rishen is Bina, the Vav is Zah, Midas, and the He Achren is Malchus. That's generally how it's explained. In the Elamis, Atzilus Bri Yitzir is like the same thing, where Atzilus is the Yud, and Bri is the He, and Yitzir is like the Zah, and uh, Asi is the last hay. Uh, the expression you hear from Tikunizeyar, from Zeyar, Tikunizeyar, that Abba Mekanunob Atsilis. Right? Abba is nests in Atsilis. Bina Mekanunob Bekursaya. Ima Mekanunob Bekursaya. Bina nests, Mekanunob from the word Khan, like a nest. Nests in Kursaya, the world Elamakise, which is Bria. It says, Zirza is Mekanunob Yitzira. And Malchus is Mekanon Obasiyah. So essentially the four worlds like in, the, in each, the Yudke Vovke are both in the four elements, but specifically it's Chochmah Bina, Zah, and Malchus. Now, why is it a Yud? Well, so they understand it, because the Yud is the, is the, the symbol of Bittal. A He is already Ispashtus. A Vav is Amshacha. The He, the last He, is Mekabal. But the Kudus Hayud is the Chochmah. And you see, when you break down Chochmah itself, just like a yud, a yud is not just a dot. 
There's also a tag lamaila and a tag lamato. Ketzi lamaila, ketzi lamato, because there's hachachma turns and faces kesed. There's the actual middle of the yud, the actual dot is chachma itself, and the ketzatachten is the bottom. The bottom uh, point is how chachma faces bina. That's how Chassidus explains it. So, but in general, it's oisiyud, which is the symbol of of bittel, because that's what chachma is. It's seichel, but it's a seichel that doesn't have yet any substance, any breath, any erech and rechev, which is what letter yud is. The erech and rechev will come in bina, but the nukuda is in chachm, bitl of chachm. So um, let me see if there's anything more to add to this. So chachm therefore chachm and kesh. Yeah, I want to talk about the two levels, but if anybody has any question, I saw somebody wanted to raise their hand before. Maybe I answered. If you have a question, I'm happy to answer, ask. By the way, I... I, I you, you said about this bitl. Goyim also have this bitl? They also have a bitl of Goyim? Yeah. Because they also have Is it negated to this sugya, or are you talking about a different sugya now? Huh? Why don't you ask a question? Do Goyim have Chachma? Or they only have Bina? There are many goyim that have very powerful chachma have come up with great ideas. So if they have chachma, you have to say they have some measure of bitl. Poshed the Metzius is so. The Alter Rebbe writes in Tere Er that there were chachma um se'elam who were gewaldike bezbeidedus and they were gewaldike chachamim and therefore you have to say they had a measure of bitl like that. It's a different discussion when you start talking about difference between Jews and non-Jews. It's not the sugi we're discussing. But if you're asking that question, just like asking that they have chachma, and they definitely have chachma. Remember, um, it says, B'Tselem Elikim, Chavivadim Shaniver B'Tselem, goes on all uh, people, Jews and non-Jews. So keep that in mind as well. Um, so now, okay, so chachma keser. So I want to talk about one more point, which is two levels in Chach Mistema. Because remember, since the, the spell, you know, I'll spell it out even more. Mainaf Kamina, like I just explained, what would be if we didn't have Chachma, we didn't have Keser? So you wouldn't have this connection. But the whole point is that we human beings should be able to get beyond our own, as I said, subjective, personal nature and become through Bittal, in this case, bitl of chachmeh, to be open to something that's beyond us and greater than us. A human being on their own would do whatever they want. You learn teda, you learn bitl and kabbalah sale. You don't do whatever you want. Do what the Ebrister wants you to do. I say the tzenche, could it say nay? The question is, how high does that go? So, so Chassidus explains that chachmeh stima itself has two levels. And um, in some in Ayin Beis, this is a big arichis, Gdela, where he actually asks a question. So I'll put it in the context of a question. It'll be, it'll be easier to understand. He says that uh, there's the machlekes I mentioned in the last class, whether Keser is Ein Sof or not. So the Arizal is metavich by saying there's two levels in Keser. Atik is Ein Sof. Atik is Tachtena Sheba Maitzil, represents the maitzel, the emanation, the emanator. And what means tachtena, not physically the lowest level? It means the most outer level of alakus as it begins to relate to the next levels. 
And Arich is Reisha Netzolim, is the beginning of the Netzolim, like we just explained. It's the beginning of Chochmeh. However, it's still in the form of Chochmeh Stimah. So the Alter Rebbe Rashab asked the question, so it doesn't answer the, the question of the Mamutza. We still have the problem. You're saying that Keser comes to be connected between Ein Sof and Elamis. So now, question before that is all, it was Keser was either Ein Sof or not. Now we know Keser divides into two. So the question just carries over to Keser itself. How does Atik and Arach communicate with each other? If Atik is always Ein Sof, and Arich is always Reish and Etzalim, so how did you answer the question? You just carry it over to, uh, to, to Keser. So the Rebbe Rashab answers that the real, the real Chiddush is not Atik and Arich alone, but Choch Mistimah. That there's a Choch Mistimah both in Atik and Arich, and so to speak, travels from one to the next. In other words, there's a level that has both Ein Sof and creation and existence in it. So not just Atik is Ein Sof and Arich is Reish and Etzalim. Choch has an element of, of Atik in it and also has an element of Arich in it. And he explains there's two levels of Choch Now, they both call Choch two levels. One, he says, is Stimah only L'fi'erech HaGili. In other words, it's only concealed because you can't see it. But it doesn't mean it's Be'etzem, not, not, not accessible. It would be just like I told you that behind in the closet there's locked a treasure. So you can't see it, but it's there, and if you open the door, you can see it. Or things like, let's say, So when you learn something, your teacher teaches you something. So it's true, there are a lot of things that you won't recognize until you're 40 years old or 40 years later. But that doesn't mean it's it just means it takes time, your maturity and time, to ultimately recognize it, but it's there. So that's called sasum, not be'etzem, sasum l'fiyera chagili. Then there's a level, a little like helem shiyeshnev mitzias that I described before. It's helem, but you can access it ultimately. Then there's a sasum be'etzem, that you can never access it. It will always remain beyond our ability to reach. And that's the deeper chach of atik. And the same chach has both dimensions to it. So in essence, to put it in, in simple terms, when Chachmah is recognizing the emes of Keser, it's recognizing two levels. One is recognizing something that it can't access right now, but with time, like he says in Lukut Teter and Veschanon, he says, what well, today is Amunah, tomorrow can be understood, and then Amunah is on a higher level. But then there are things that you always will know that Les Machshavet Tfisebeklal, that the Ebesht is always going to be beyond Seichel. And Seichel itself, Chachmah itself can also understand that. So it's really relating to the Ebershter, first of all, the things we can relate to. That's Mamish Chochmah Gluya. There's things we can't relate to now. And Tzlamayla Muflo Amamcha. And then there's a level that remains always Be'etzem Mechusa. Be'etzem Sosu. So I'm just going to give an example. I'll take a sikha from the Rebbe where he explains. This is from Tainus uh, Esther Tovshim uh, Memches. It's a Mugadik Sikha in Sefer HaSikha Memches. So the Rebbe talks about, same, it was the week of Parshas Kisisa. So the Rebbe asked a question, a few questions on the Pesukim there. What does he say there? So Meshe says to the Ebeshter, this is what Meshe was on Har Sinai asking for forgiveness, Mechila, Slicha Mechila for the Chet Egel, which will ultimately lead to Yom Kippur. So Meshe says to the Ebeshter, 
the whole Pasha Kisisa, very intimate conversation between Moshe and Abish. So Moshe says to the Abish, show me your glory, which is the Rambam explains, I want to see your face, not just your chitzenius, I want to see your primius. And the Abish says the famous line, no person can see me and live. And then he goes, the next Pasuk, he says, I'll show you my back and my face I won't show you. So the Rebbe asked a series of questions. First of all, you already said why does the Abish have to rub it in and say again fine, I can't show you my face, I'll show you my back. Like Rashi says, the Kesha shall film, whatever. But why does he have to add again? Like to say, no, my face I will not show you. Second question. If Moshe asked something and the Abishta didn't grant him, why does the Tater have to tell us? Even Begnusha Shal the Tater doesn't tell us everything. Why do we have to know that Moshe asked and Abishta said no? And finally, since why talk it? Moshe didn't understand that, uh, that you can't see the Abishta's face. He asked because he thought you could. He was, Misha was wise enough to understand that uh, you can't see the face. So why Taka was he not poiled by the Abishta to see it? So the Gemara answers, on Ponyleiro, the Gemara says that the Abishta tells the Misha Rabbeinu, when I wanted to show you my face by the snare, you covered your face. Now when you want to see it, I'm not going to show it to you. So not this Sikha, but another Sikha, the Rebbe asked the question, what is this, a child's play? You know, it's like, when I want to show you, you don't want to look. Now you want to look. I'm not going to show you. What is this? The Abish playing tit for tat. Obviously, that, that sounds uh, silly. So the Rebbe's answer is meridik. The Rebbe says, the last posse where it says, you have to read like this. And the comma goes after uponai. So I will show you my back. I will also show you my face. But my face, you'll only be able to see by by not looking. So it's not saying, my face you won't see. You could see, I'll show them to you. But the, fa- but the back, you could see by looking at it. And the face, you have to look like, you can't see it directly. So the Ebishter wasn't playing tit for tat. They were saying, when you wanted to see, it would have been on your terms. If you want to see me on my terms, no person can see me on my terms directly. It has to be through not looking. In other words, not looking doesn't mean a shlila that you're not looking. It means the only way to experience is by not being yourself. You have to go out of your mitzvahs and have total bitl. So in a way, you have two levels of bitl here. One is a bitl to chachmis temah that you can relate to even though you don't see it. And another is a bitl to chachmis temah that you'll never see because the Abishta is not us. At the end of the day, no matter how much we are, besachet and Abishta, we always have to know there's a shalei be'erach, a flaw that's going to be beyond us. So Chachma ultimately can experience both things. The Chachma leads us first to the first level of Chachma in Arich, and ultimately Chachma in Atik. Now more on this is explained in Ayin Beis, in, uh, as I said, in uh, my modem of, I think the Shlachma, I remember exactly, Ayin Dalad, um, in uh, the, close to the end in the volume one in the earlier edition. Okay, we'll stop here. And I'll continue more about Chochmah next, next year. I think it will be the last one before Pesach. Good day to everyone.